I'm anyone else made like incredibly uncomfortable by Leaf's nipple rings? I've never noticed that. It was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> not I was one, like, but two. It is. Oh my god, Anna! I said it. I literally they're on the beach, and I go, Nick. Leaf has two nipple rings. Like that was the first comment I made about him. All right, welcome back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where a bunch of friends get together and talk about reality television to help us escape from 2020 and just the dumpster fire that it has become. Um, I'm Stacy, and I'll be leading the conversation today about Survivor One World, but I'm joined by the usual host and also by a special guest, Missy Bird from uh, season 39 of Survivor, Island of the Idols. So Missy, thank you for joining us. We're really excited because you're our first uh, Survivor player to be on our podcast. No, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> yes, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. So like I mentioned, we are talking about um, season 24, One World, but we're excited to have Missy on because even though this is not the um, season she was on, I met Missy doing Survivor trivia at the start of quarantine, which feels like a decade ago. Um, but <laughs> she and Erin, um, another person from her um, season, they hosted these like weekend Survivor trivia competitions. And I remember in one of those competitions, which I always lost, by the way, that, <laughs> that Missy said one of her favorite winners came from this season. So that's yes. why we have her on here. So I think we'll actually start by kind of getting to know you a little bit more, Missy, um, before we dive into the season. So we'd love for you to share, yeah, just what season you were on without any spoilers, because some of our hosts have not seen it yet. Um, and okay. then you know, just what um, also you've been doing in quarantine and how you have been escaping reality. Oh, love that. Okay. So I am, I was on season 39. It came out last September before all this COVID nonsense. Uh, really cool, really fun. I applied right after I got out of the military. And the reason I got picked up for the show was because I was a military basketball playing, uh, brain tumor having person, basically. So it was like a lot of buzzwords, I think, that made them excited. And so it was a pretty cool experience. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, and so right after Survivor, uh, I went on a backpacking trip in Europe for a couple of months. And then I was in the States hanging out. COVID hit. And then me and my girlfriend ended up moving to Spain. So we're in Spain now. Yeah. Where in Spain are you, Missy? <laughs> Uh, we are in Madrid, and oh, then uh, La Latina Madrid. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's where I studied abroad. I was wondering if you were in Madrid. I absolutely really, yeah. That. Yeah, we've been here for two months, and I speak no Spanish at all, so it has been an experience for, for sure. I feel like I understand a little bit of French, but no one here really speaks French. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it hasn't been helpful. But yeah, it's been a great experience. The food is great. And if you have to be in COVID and you have to be hanging out, I'd rather do it. We have two balconies, so that's nice, you know? Uh -huh. And then what I do to escape reality, let's see. I feel like I've been learning Spanish, but that's more so to be in reality because every time I leave the apartment, I'm right back in the middle of people talking to me. And I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I have no idea what you're, I, gotta, I have to keep saying that to people. So <laughs> learning Spanish has been keeping me somewhat sane because every day I'm hearing or learning one more word where I can eventually tell these people, hey, I understand, but I still don't want to talk to you. So that's just like, <laughs> that's, that's where I want to get to eventually. And then 
we we have a cat. I don't know if you guys can see him, but we have a cat, and so I play with him a lot. And we teach English, so we leave four days a week, and we go teach English at school. So that's been keeping us pretty busy. And of course, there was a Catan. We just got it in the Spanish version. So yeah, the Spanish <laughs> version of Catan. You can barely oh yeah, the version. it's great. I'm so bad at Catan. I don't know what Catan is. I've never played it. So oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's really fun, but to be clear, I'm terrible. I was it's so, so good. It's, it's a strategy game. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And it's, it is really fun, I think, especially when you're with friends, because it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the unicorn card game we played, Stace, because you kind of have to yeah. take other people out to do well. Like you have to like block them and you have to be very strategic. I didn't do very well. I was, it, it sounds like Survivor. Very Survivor. Tying us back in. You're welcome. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Keep us on track. But yeah, I mean, that all sounds super exciting what you're doing now. And I think we're all jealous being stuck in the US, which is a dumpster fire. So, you know. Guys, we made one good decision a week ago. <laughs> Getting better every day. One good decision. We're working on it. On the, on the up and up, on the come up. Exactly. Um, but Missy, tell us a little bit about how you got interested in Survivor, because I think you were a fan before like applying, right? Definitely. Yeah. So I was a big fan of Survivor before coming on to the show. I went to the Air Force Academy in Colorado and school just sucked because I was in, mili- I was in the military going through basic training. It was really shitty. It was really bad if we can't curse. It was really oh, bad. You can curse. No, you can oh. curse. Yeah, you can curse. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, it was super, super bad. And as I was going through it, me and my teammates, we played basketball. We would try to find just something to take our minds off of it. So military kind of was like COVID, but all the time for us, we were always in quarantine because we were just freshmen. And so we found Survivor and I just started binge watching like no other. Like I just started taking seasons out. Like by the end of my freshman year, I probably made it through half of them. And uh, I started pretty close to season 24. So that's why I'm so in love with Kim. Okay. And so I just started watching, started watching. And I started collecting videotapes just of me skydiving or me wrestling alligators or me doing interesting, weird things that I would think that eventually I could put all these cool clips, like all these cool five second clips together and then hopefully get casted. Probably not because the show probably has a million applicants every year. But in my mind, I was like, eventually one day I'll, I'll get to making a videotape. Mm-hmm. And then after my junior year, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was just a really hard year. Everything ended up being okay after a whole bunch of crazy nonsense. And then I was like, you know what? I survived a brain tumor. Oh my gosh. Like I'm done with the military. Oh my gosh. Uh, I went to go see Beyonce. So cool. I might as well just go ahead and apply for the show. And so I sat down and then I had this like, like literal light bulb moment. And I called my friend who owned the camera and he came over and we shot the tape in a couple of hours and they called me the next day. So truly insane. <laughs> I went for years, never even considering doing the tape. Cause I was just like, so many people must apply. I don't really have anything that that's, you know, that, that, that is that cool about me because every person on the show has like their kind of niche, this really cool thing that brought them here, got them noticed. And at that point, I was just like, the military isn't enough. There are already plenty of people who are in the military who have played. Like, you know, that's not enough. That's not enough. And then I just figured the brain tumor plus seeing Beyonce <laughs> all together made me enough to <laughs> made me enough to sign up. And so, yeah, the very next day someone called me and she, she, it was early in the morning. And I'm just like, I'm on my way to work in Seattle. 
And she was just like, hey, uh, we saw your app, we saw your application, we need you to fill this next step out. And you know, if you if we like the next step, we'll get you to LA for the next part of casting. And I was like, look, I'm late for work. I don't have time for this nonsense. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you got my number. I'm not playing games. And eventually, like it took her a little bit of time, but she convinced me that she worked for PBS and worked for Survivor. And so then I finally like accepted it and I was like, oh, okay, let's do it. So then I got to work and I printed out the application from there. And from the date from making my video, the next day her calling me, I was in Los Angeles the next month. And then I was on the island within three months. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a yeah. crazy timeline. Yeah. Insane. Wow. That's a love that not only did Beyonce inspire you, but then you didn't believe them when they called. Yeah. Like you were like, oh my gosh. You're, kidding. Yeah. you're putting me on. There's no way CBS <laughs> saw my tape within a day. So. Right. Because we I'm don't definitely. answer random numbers anyway, right? Like you get I a random number to your random phone. Numbers. Yeah. And I was just, I was coming from Chick-fil-A at the time. And so maybe I was just happy because I have fries or something, you know, maybe I was just in a good mood. <laughs> Because I normally never, I don't answer numbers that I know, you know, like it's really difficult for me to get me on the phone. And I don't know, it just had to be a perfect moment. And I put her on the phone onto the Bluetooth in my car. And I almost, I'm about to crash my car yelling at this woman telling her she's dumb and I'm not going to fall for it today. So yeah, so many things had to piece together perfectly, you know. It's so cool to hear about it because I feel like we speculate on our podcast all the time about casting and like what the process is like and people that apply versus people that they sort of recruit and find. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to hear your story and hear how like genuine your process was. Right, like yeah. you as a real person and that they didn't sort of pluck right. you out of a Hollywood like <laughs> cast do that. Yeah, like recruiting exists. And I was like, no way am I going to get recruited in Bumfuck. I guess like Colorado Springs is in Bumfuck, but like Bumfuck, <laughs> Colorado Springs, nobody's going to come pick me up from here. And so for that to happen, definitely it was wild because I do consider myself to be like one of the normal people who randomly got picked up. So like it does happen. Truly, it really like people can apply and they don't know anyone. I have no friends in Hollywood and then you can go do it. So that's crazy. So cool. I also I'm now interested did you use any of the footage from your original like planned video like the skydiving and the wrestling crocodiles or did you just use the stuff you filmed with your friend I I felt after my brain tumor I was in this very like everything matters everything has a place in my life everything pieces together perfectly and so I was like if I'm gonna make this video I have to like pay homage in a way to the me that I was when I really wanted to be on the show really bad I can't just make a new tape because I think I'm invincible after my brain tumor. And so I sat for a very long time and I was in Seattle. So I got high and I smoked a bowl and I was just like, what can I do that will stand out? And so that's low budget, right? Cause we can't be out here shooting action films. I'm not Spielberg. And so I'm just sitting in my room and I'm just like, what can I do? What can I do? So I pulled up all these clips of like me playing basketball, me wrestling alligators, running up the incline, the big mountain in Colorado. Uh, and then video clips of me playing uh, at Dave and Buster's and I was like how can I piece all this together in a cool funny way that will make them notice and so I just did a voiceover so like I was just like it's me sitting on my bed in my room and I'm just like what will make Jeff notice me would it be me skydiving and then I did like a, a flash a flashback clip to skydiving or like would it be me wrestling alligators everybody has that video clip in their audition tape he wouldn't want that and it shows me doing it so like that way I was able to use every single clip and I was able to like talk over it and be sarcastic and attempt to be funny. And then also I called him out at the end of the video. I was just like, you say that if any normal person just puts this, this, and this in their video, you'll call me back. So I fully expect you to call me tomorrow. You know, like you said, if I put this in there and on the screen, 
I put the rules, like it's me talking and the, the rules pop oh up God. on the screen. Like Jeff says one, two, and three, and then you'll get casted. So yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And you're really every the day. next day. Yeah. Yeah, no, legitimately. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think maybe your um, audition tape is on like your YouTube page because I've seen it and it's good for, you know, mm. I know you said it was like low budget, but it's really good. So it sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it took so us to, cool. for how good it came out. The, my video guy at the time, truly top tier A1, can't do any better than this dude. And I called him over. I think he was just at home eating dinner with his wife. And I was like, Hey, I got to steal him. <laughs> and we knocked it out in I'm probably less than two hours. Yeah. And it was just him. <laughs> two cameras maybe for two different angles and just me sitting on my bed oh my that's God. it yeah it's like no no effort no time it just took like dedication <laughs> to get it done I guess we can go ahead and transition to talk about um, season 24 one world um and so we everybody <laughs> <laughs> the cheetah girls third hit movie one world wow one that's movie. a <laughs> Because it's not the best one. Oh, it is the worst one. But they have that bomb song that's just one world, one heart. One I mean, to tie it all back, the best one is the one where they're in Spain. Oh yeah! Like, wow, yeah. very right true. The streets like their runway, and that Barcelona no, the cheetah girl yes. have arrived. Yeah, wow, that's what you could be doing in Madrid. Bringing wow. that energy. Really? I might have oh, to. Well, so um, yeah, speaking of Survivor One World, just so we all know the players from this season, um, we had the Solani tribe, which was the women's tribe. So Courtney, Nina, Monica, Kat, Alicia, Christina, Chelsea, Sabrina, and Kim. And then we had the Manano tribe, uh, which was the men, which was Matt, Bill, Colton, Michael, Jonas, Jay, Leaf, Troyzan, and Tarzan. Um, so those are our two, <laughs> our two tribes at the start. This was, again, divided by uh, men and women. It's not the first time we've seen that, and I'm sure we'll get into our thoughts about that, um, that theme. Um, but I'll start with my quick thoughts. So I actually really like this season. Um, I think partly it is because of the winner, because like Missy, I really like this winner. But I don't know. I, I usually don't like when it's divided by men and women. I just think it's unnecessary. I also, I think I said last time, it kind of leaves out the chance for anyone who's, you know, doesn't identify or as a man or a woman to mm, play. Where would they very true. <laughs> So usually I don't like it, but I, I think I liked it this time because there was the addition of being in one camp or one area. Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought it was cool to see like, you know, sometimes the women would try to ask for an ember to start their fire. And it was just interesting to see them like negotiate. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought there were some good, you know, challenges and good rewards. And I thought some players I'd want to see again. So overall, I think I liked this more than like the general consensus because I've heard that it's mm. on the lower end of things but Missy what are your thoughts about this season you made some good points I think that guy tribe girl tribe is outdated now yeah. especially since you want to make sure that you're not disrespecting any person who doesn't fit into those two very basic categories right mm -hmm. so I bet if they have someone working for them that's intelligent they probably won't do a guy girl tribe again just because yeah. like things are changing hopefully for the better as far as the people, we got a lot of legendary players from that season. I feel like there are a lot of people who you really remember and will continue to remember. Colton being one of them, especially Kim. Um, Sabrina had a great game. So did Chelsea. So I think we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of memorable players. And then to be on the same island, 
like from a perspective of someone who did play, both of our tribes were separated. And so to have the advantage of like waking up in the middle of the night and then crawling over to go talk to Tommy or to Lauren or to whoever, I mean, it feels like cheating almost. It feels like that should be impossible to do because you can start to begin connections that normally you don't get to meet people until day 20. So if you can now meet these people day one and be best friends from day one till day 39, that just helps your game. And I think Kim played it very well. So yeah, I think it was a great season just because of that aspect to have one island that just it gave more possibilities and there's a lot more spying to have been done. But if you have a player like Tony or someone like Nora from my season, their gameplay would be complemented even more so if you were to put them on the same island as the opposing tribe. There's even more chaos. And then Colton is a good example of someone who was on a tribe and didn't want to be on that tribe. And so the way he went back and forth, if he had a better temperament, he could have done better in the game. Good points. All right. It's, a, it's cool to have yeah, a player's view on that twist. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts? So I did really like this season. I think there is a couple moments that were big ups for me, but then I think the season also had like some mediocre parts that I could have just been like, okay, we see this coming. Mostly like when we merged and became the women versus men alliance. And it was just very clear and obvious. The men were never going to catch wind of what was happening. And we're just going to watch the women pick them off one by one, which is never my favorite version of Survivor to watch because it's just, as a viewer, it's not as interesting. As a player, it totally makes sense. Like it's the smarter move. With your player, I imagine you're okay with the game being predictable. I would imagine that's what you want it to be. <laughs> but as a viewer, it's just not as interesting. So I think that was part that I was like, all right, mm. let's get all these men so the actual strategy and gameplay can start or like it could be more interesting to watch as a viewer. But I did yeah. really like the twist of the one world, like everybody living on the same camp. I thought it was interesting, especially when the girls went over to steal an ember of fire in the middle of the night, even though they let it, the fire go out, which I was like, come on, like... <laughs> you're better than this, be better. <laughs> um, but they just like let it go out. But I liked that aspect, I thought it was interesting to have the two tribes together because like Missy, you were saying, like it, it gives you the opportunity to strategize beyond just the tribal game before the merge. Anna, what about you? So I like this season a lot as well. It, right now in my ranking, it's sort of starkly in the middle. And I think something I've said before is for me, I, from the get-go tend to judge the season by how much I like the players who play. And I've found that in seasons when the beginning like division is something unique or something different, that I find it easier to get to know the players. You kind of get to see, it, it's less isolating in terms of like, we're gonna show you a few key people that are gonna make it far in the game and be entertaining. Like, I feel like there are certain seasons where you get a better picture of everybody playing. And to me, this was one of them. I've said before when we see a men-women divide that it's not my favorite, but I appreciate when there's at least some effort given to try and justify the choice of like, when mm -hmm. we saw it in the Amazon, it was like the theme was Amazon women. So we're going to put the women by themselves. And that was, you know, at least a reason given for doing it. And while I don't think that the one world camp is like <laughs> a justification for why we're splitting up the tribes by men and women, I do think that it added something to it where it wasn't just like, you're divided and you're on different camps. Ooh, battle of the sexes. Like it, it did add at least some other component to like, you're split up, but you're still together. But you know, where your allegiance is going to lie. And so I didn't hate it because I felt like there was still something to it 
overall, it's not my favorite way to start a season. But as I just said, to me, if the season starts strong and you get a good sense of all the players, it really pulls you in from the start. And I tend to have a more enjoyable watching experience that way. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And Aggie, what about you? I really liked this season. I thought for me, it was really interesting overall to see how one Kim was able to just convince everybody that she was on their side. And it's just like a masterclass in mm-hmm. like mild deception because it's, she didn't not care about any of them. And I think that was part of why she was so successful is she did make genuine relationships. But at the end of the day, she was able to convince everyone that they had a relationship with. And she, she says it really well. She's like, all it takes is one conversation between two of the people that I've said basically the same thing to for this to all come crumbling down. But because she was so good at talking to people, she was able, they didn't ever think to talk to each other, which I think was just masterful. And so I loved watching her play. My only regret about the one world concept is I liked the concept where they're on the same beach. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was frustrating at times because been at the beginning the women didn't seem to have anyone who was like in charge of making decisions so when they would go and try and barter with the men be like if you give us fire we'll give you blank the men always wanted something in return no woman was able to be like yeah sure we can do that they'd be like we have to talk to the whole group and then they wouldn't go talk to the whole group and I was like this is just confusing like I just want you to say like yes or no I wish when we had done the tribe swap we'd stayed swapped longer Um, I'm not sure if the reason they came back together so quickly was because of Colton's medivac. So they were like, we're not totally sure what to do. Maybe let's just merge now. But for me, it was really interesting. I was like, I kind of wish they'd stayed in the new, like restructured groups longer because I was just like, there's a lot happening with Colton's team. There's a lot happening in the new Solani. And I also felt like the new Monono because they had to go build that whole new beach and then three days later, they were merged. And I was like, oh, yeah, didn't even, that wasn't like a disadvantage to you because now you're back at your old camp. And I kind of wish we'd been able to see that narrative build out a little bit longer. But I do think Colton was the reason that was interesting. So when he went home as a medivac, it was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going to happen over here anymore because Colton mm-hmm. was basically in charge of it. Um, but that's my only like regret. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like we all liked the the season, but you know, there are things we maybe would change in the future. Um, so let's talk about some of, and we've already addressed some of these like themes and twists and first. So we really, especially for the first two, probably don't have to go into detail, but some of the interesting parts of this season were it was men versus women again, two tribes living um, in one location, but with like two different camps. I think this is one of the first, I mean, Aggie, you would probably know you take good notes. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is one of the first seasons where it really doesn't discuss the location at all. Like it's just Survivor One World and they really don't focus Mm -hmm. on the location. The men's tribe gave up immunity after winning an immunity um, competition. I think that was probably a first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the men's tribe chose not to finish a challenge when someone got injured and they just took the, the win. There were also the idols that had to be given to a member of the opposite tribe. And then also there were a bunch of these uh, DIY challenges, which are it's just kind of different. We're used to seeing Jeff like consistently, and there were some challenges where he wasn't there. So for any of those, you know, twist or first or themes, does anyone have thoughts about any of those? I think, I feel like we covered most of our thoughts on like the two big ones, which was the men yeah. and women divide and then living in the one location. 
The one thing that I found was interesting though was when the men's tribe gave up immunity, it was just very much like Eric and Micronesia. Like, why are we doing this? Like, I get it. You don't like one of the guys, but that's not like why you just go to tribal. It was just a mess. And I feel like Colton said it in a sarcastic way. And then Tarzan and Jonas like were like, well, yeah, maybe we do do that. And then they're like, oh, okay, we're actually going to do this. I was just well, having a so moment. Nick and I had this conversation as we're watching this take place. We're like, why is this even an option? And Missy, maybe you know, is this an option always? Like, can you just give up your, like give the immunity idol to the other team and be like, we're gonna go to tribal instead? I mean, anything and everything is an option. <laughs> so as long as everyone can agree and then Jeff sees it as it probably is gonna make good ratings, like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Then yeah, it's always gonna be an option. You know, they probably have a meeting off camera. Like, is everybody here tr- truly sure that you want to give this up and one of you will for sure go home. And then everyone says, yeah, well, then like, all right, we're fucking doing it. So yeah, you can do whatever you want, technically, you know. Was the edit, like when we came back from the commercial break and it was like just people's feet, just the torches, just the aerial (laughs) shot of walking to tribal. And then all of a sudden, like they turn the corner and you see Colton's face and you're like, Fucking idiots. Nick, and then you see Jeff's face, and Jeff has the face back of the century. His eyes get so wide, he looks like Wendy Williams when she's having a moment. And you're like, Jeff, same. Literally, as they're doing that, like, walk to tribal, Nick and I go, the men aren't going, right? Like, they didn't decide to go. We're like, yeah, no, no, that's the mind going. The women are walking up. And then you see, and I'm like, oh my God, it's the men. Nick and I had a full, like, meltdown. I'm sure our neighbors. <laughs> they're getting murdered. They're being murdered in their own home. Like we were like, what the hell? And I think for me, again, now that Missy, now that you say that, that makes more sense. I was like, but the women also, the guys like kind of told them, we're like, we're maybe going to go to tribal. So Sabrina's like, let's not worry about it. And it just kind of worked out. Like they didn't have to stress about voting for someone. Cause the guy comes over and they're like, I mean, we might be going to tribal. And they're all like, why? Why would you? I mean, it's more dangerous than throwing a challenge. Like when you throw a, ta- a challenge, you yourself have decided that there is an undercover plan that at least you and a small majority or hopefully the majority have decided upon. Right. So we can throw a challenge if I'm confident that it's going to be a six to three vote and who I want to go home. I'll throw a challenge. I don't give a fuck about Jeff. <laughs> you if you choose to give up like as a collective to give up the one thing that keeps everyone safe and it wasn't your idea that it should never make sense if it, it should it makes sense for colton so that's why in, in the episode you see him like yeah we should i know i'm safe i definitely know i'm safe yeah we should yeah. because you know if it's your idea you're fine but for the rest of them it's probably one of the most dumbest moves i've ever seen yeah. it also like it allowed the women to stay even with the men because yeah. then the next episode you never like, want yeah you never want because like the women would have went they would have been down another number and then if it played out like how it you like how it did the rest of the season they mm-hmm. swapped tribes monica goes home so the women are down another number and so then when you merged and came back together, the men would have been up and the women would have been down. Mm-hmm. So it's like- I you- think it was just the overconfidence on the men's side. Like they were looking at the competition on the women's side and not really seeing anyone that could match up to them one-to-one, which is true. Like Trozan, sure. Like you are bigger than most people, but as a collective, the women's side was just smarter in general. You yeah. Know? At this point, having seen how Kim worked literally everyone, 
I don't mm-hmm. think being down in the numbers would have affected Kim, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Like it wouldn't it have, affected, yeah. Yeah, it might have affected the rest of them, but I'm like, I think Kim would have been able to convince the guys that like she was a good person to bring with them. And she was so good at immunities. Like, I think she would have still won them even if she hadn't been competing against women. Exactly. No, Kim would have won regardless of who she was playing against. Whatever day, it's all gonna be Kim. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast oh. is now officially a Kim Stan account. I low-key Colton might have given her a run for the money. Who? I think Colton would have recognized it with oh, Troy's okay. on that Kim was running game and oh, like doing a women's it, thing. Yeah. And Colton might have I don't know if it was she he says that. I don't too, know if he would have succeeded. I don't think he, he would have because he didn't have control over his emotions. Like Kim had such consistent yeah, control. Yeah. I think that's like I don't know if abnormal succeeded in getting her out, but he would have been with Troy's on being like, oh, the girls are pulling some shady shit. We need to do something. So he might have been the only person to really give her a run for the money. But other than that, Kim was just gonna win the season no matter what. I mean, Kim on any season is very lethal. Like, or what people don't see in the edit is that a lot of people who play, the edit can make you look a million times worse than you actually are, but the edit can also make you look a million times better than you actually are. So a lot of your favorite winners, a lot of your favorite players may not even be that good, but the edit just like, let me just play the clips from the couple of days where this person somewhat sounded smart or somewhat did this correctly. But if you watch them across multiple seasons, so if you take a player, Michaela, for example, and you compare her in every single season she played in, then you'll start to see like minor differences in her gameplay and you can pick out the edit. But with Kim, consistently, she was always in the know always had people on her side. And even in season 40, when Kim arguably should have been one of the first people to be voted out, she still somehow had allies and she was still calling things correctly. And she named the winner or who would be the winner, I think maybe five or six episodes in, but her perception skills were just that good. And so eventually she had to, she had to get voted out, but she's just a genuinely good player. And there's not many players like her. Most people who play, they're just, I got lucky today. I also was walking down the path and there's an idol right there and I got lucky. Mm. Kim doesn't need idols to win. She could have beaten anyone without idols. And that's super rare. Yeah, she didn't have to use her idol. So that was amazing. I know, Missy, you said you might have to go soon. So we do yeah. want to hear a little more from you too um, before you have to go. So we have some other questions. Yeah. Hi guys, brief editor's note here from Anna. First of all, we're so grateful again to Missy Bird for joining us for this episode. We did record things a bit out of order due to scheduling, so the remainder of our season 24 discussion happened after Missy said goodbye, but you can hear the rest of our conversation with her as well as her answers to some of our rapid fire questions near the end of this episode. Thanks again for listening and you can skip ahead if you're looking for more Missy. Okay, so we're so glad we had Missy with us. She did have to go, you know, she lives in Spain. There's a time difference. So we loved having her here, but we're going to just cover a few more things from uh, season 24, starting with some of the players who were pretty um, noteworthy, I would say. So the first would be Colton. Where to begin? <laughs> uh, Colton was very, um, <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to think of nice ways to say it, but he was pretty terrible. Nice <laughs> he was terrible. He was, he said a lot of things that sounded racist um, towards Bill. He basically like ridiculed Bill's uh, career. He was just mean to people. He didn't like his tribe, which I think that's fine. But he just like, when they, when the women tried to kind of send him back on his way, they just like did not seem to get it. They're like, we can't really, you know, be friends with the enemy right now. He 
got medevaced, took his idol with him, which we kind of talked about already. And just overall, I, I mean, even at the reunion when he had chances to apologize for his you know, racist behavior, he really failed <laughs> with the apology. So what do others think about Colton? Great TV, that's what I'll say. Like in the worst way, like he was great TV Russell because Hamm. a lot of the things that he said were like- <laughs> He's the gay Russell Hand. I actually think he was worse than Russell Hans in terms of the things he said. No way. Yeah. Russell Hans lied saying that he was in Hurricane Katrina and he then just... called his alliance the dumb bitch alliance. I'm sorry. I think they're maybe equitable. Colton said some pretty horrific things to Bill, both because he was Black and because he was a stand-up comedian, which I just felt was rude. And then he also like told Christina, you could jump in the fire and get medevaced or you can wait to get voted out. Uh, personally, I'm not wishing Mike Scoopin's hand injury on anyone ever. And he literally told her she could jump in the fire if she wanted to. It was just unnecessary. Like, his comments like that were, they, they had no effect on anything in the game at that point. Like the things that he was saying to Christina were not strategic they were not gonna change anything about the game I mean they may have changed them in that Christina was like wait a minute maybe I should plead my case a bit more but like the things that Russell said that were bad all kind of looped back to his strategy you know however awful they were like they were related like saying oh this is my dumb bitch alliance like yeah don't say that but also like that was his that was his strategy that was his alliance Colton saying Christina jump in the fire because we're gonna vote you off anyway it does nothing. All it does is say, we're voting you off, so now I'm going to be a bitch. I mean, okay, I don't, I want to be clear that I'm not defending Colton, that I'm not, like, saying he's a good person, because clearly, like, you watch this, and you're like, you are a bad person, but there are some things that he says that, like, I don't necessarily find as terrible. The Oompa Loompa comment, you didn't, you didn't find that one terrible? I was going to talk about it, but now you interrupted me for, like, the fourth time this podcast. (laughs) This is going well. No, my thing is like, clearly whatever he said to Bill was racist and was racially charged. 100%. I see that and I recognize that and I get that. I will say as a femme gay man, I get his extreme uncomfortableness at the beginning of this season. And I get why he was a bitch towards the guys. And I understand why he was so annoyed with Bill and I was annoyed with Bill too. And then Colton at one point was just like, I just don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you about this and I'm not going to. And like, we're just ignoring the fact that Bill got in his face and started like pulling his arm so he would come back and talk to him. And Colton's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm not going to talk to you. And Bill's like, no, you're going to talk to me. And it's very much like, no, like he doesn't have to talk to you. Clearly he is uncomfortable with you. Mm -hmm. For me, it would be because you are this aggressive straight guy coming at me right now. And like, I would be uncomfortable with that. I don't know if that's that was what it was for Colton, but mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt, like let's say it was, I get it. I understand why Colton was uncomfortable. And most of the guys were that way towards Colton. They're kind of like, well, you're not going to do anything. You know, go talk to the other girls because you think you're a girl. Go do this. And like, I understand him being a bitch towards the guys in that sense. That doesn't give him an excuse to be racist at Tribal, which he very much was. But in that sense, like, I understand him and why he talked to the guys that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess my main issues with him are mostly towards Christina. Like, I just, and Alicia was doing it too. Like, I think they both were just so mean to her for no real, like, if you think someone is just, like, not 
important to the game or like you don't really care about them you can just like not say anything to them so my biggest issues are with that and I do I mean it's complicated but him being like the tribes being divided and him being on the uh, men's tribe like it's complicated because I feel like he's still until they swapped at least I think he still should have tried to like make some kind of bonds with them you know like that I mean to me it's similar to when a black person is the only black one on a white tribe they still don't just like cuss out every white person there because that's the game and so I get like I definitely get why he was uncomfortable or I couldn't see I can imagine why he was uncomfortable but I'm just like I still think you should have just tried to lay low at least then like it like if you're uncomfortable you know you can either like voice it very strongly but in this game I would almost just kind of like subdue it a little bit but I will also say I think they should have had more than one gay person and more than two black people and more than one Asian person I mean I think all those things also could have helped it like kind of comes back to like what Missy was saying the show clearly Mm -hmm. doesn't want minorities to do well and like (laughs) just I don't know I don't want to come across that I think Colton's a good person because I just he's not he's a racist but I just like I I so understand being the only gay person in a group of jocks Mm -hmm. and like it's hard to strategize it's hard to talk with them because they just don't respect you or don't think of you as a player in that game and they all said that in a confessional they all like looked at like they all looked at the camera like I don't really get why Colton's here I don't see him as a threat I don't see him doing anything so right away that puts you on the defensive and he had nobody to really bond with over that like, if the tribes were not divided by <laughs> men versus women, he would have had the women to bond with. If there's another gay man, he would have had that gay person to bond with. All the white people have everyone else to bond yeah, with. Exactly. They have all the other people who, boom, we have a relationship. We're both, like, white. We're from, like, Alabama or whatever. But, like, if you're a gay, flamboyant man like Colton was, mm-hmm. instead of, like, immediately having a way to bond with somebody, you immediately have an obstacle in your way to bond with somebody coming from experience and I'm sure Colton has had this as well if you are a flamboyant gay man straight men do not want to talk to you and are are, and are afraid of you because they think you're going to hit on them I'm not saying every man on the tribe was like that but I am saying right off the bat if I'm walking into a tribe of buff guys all with their shirts off all doing this stuff I'm afraid to go and talk to them first because I don't want them to think that I'm hitting on them and that they're going to like immediately vote me off because I'm making them uncomfortable I think those are awesome points and I'm not going to counter them because that's not an experience that I have had. So I won't even go there to, to like counter your feelings and your thoughts. for me, Anna, you can. <laughs> but, but what I will say is that that makes total sense. And I, I won't continue to harp on Colton for that um, because I think that I don't want to say you're right because we don't entirely know where he was coming from, but it makes sense. And I follow your argument and I won't counter it. I think my issue then with Colton comes a lot from when the they had the tribe swap and it was the new Manano tribe and like Colton was no longer with like the broy straight guys but he still didn't give the people he was with a chance like from the minute that they dropped buffs and switched he was like well look at that tribe they're great of course they're gonna win my shitty misfit tribe like and it was those comments that while they may have been coming from a place that was struck by some of the things you were talking about it it made it harder to be sympathetic with him And I think that whether that was a product of the edit or a reflection of like who he is as a person, I'm not sure. But I know that that was kind of the root of a lot of my issues with watching Colton was it was difficult to be sympathetic with that like difficult situation that he may have been placed in 
when he himself was being so mean to those around him especially when they were on like the misfit tribe where it was like okay no there are a lot of other people here that aren't necessarily your counterpoint like they're not broy straight guys and i understand why you had an issue with those people based on the way they treated you but like you're not even giving like tarzan and leaf and christina whoever else was on your tribe you're not even giving these people a chance I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't, I, again, like, I just want to say, I don't think Colton is a good person and I don't mm-hmm. like say what he did was okay. I can just see where he was coming from at the beginning. That's all I'm going to say. That's my end with Colton. Um, all right. Aggie, anything about Colton? I think Bill said it really well at the reunion. Bill was like, if you're going to come for me, like uh, he was like on top of the fact that you said some racist things, like, let's just call a spade a spade, like you said, some racist things. I think the difference for me, I, again, I cannot relate. I'm in no way a gay person. I'm a white cisgender woman. So like that, like straight woman. So like, I can't in any way imagine where he's coming from in that regards. I think though, a a lot of what he said in his confessionals spoke to more of who he is as a person, regardless of him being gay. Um, And so if that was something that triggered him that then caused him to act that way, it was something that he still was doing, like Anna said, on the new Manano tribe. Like he called Leaf and Oompa Loompa and like said everyone on his tribe was like dumb or an idiot. He's also self-described. The person he says he's most like is Corinne from Gabon. Hmm. And I'm like, that says a lot about who you are as a person. Corinne was not nice. She said horrifying things about everyone on her, tri- like everyone she played with. And so it's interesting to me that that's who he chose as one of the people as his like, this is someone that I am similar to. It's like, okay, interesting. Um, So for me, I think I totally, I see what you're saying, Nick. And I think it's a really good point that like, he was probably, he could have been like potentially uncomfortable in the situation he was put in and then definitely had like a fight or flight thing. And I think he says something similar at the reunion. He says, he, I think says similar to fight or flight. And then he talks about, I either had to choose to be like a bitch or I had to choose to be like submissive. And he was like, I was never going to choose the submissive route basically, which like, okay, this was your gameplay. But I think I just, I don't love that version of it. I think is where it comes down to is like good TV or not. I don't want to watch it. I will say, I mean, he was able to call some shots. That's so I guess, yeah. you know, that's so serious. Like if he could have stayed in the game, I am curious how much influence he would have had because he got his whole tribe to go to tribal when <laughs> they didn't have to. He so, did, and he also was able to convince them that him having an immunity idol meant he was somehow in charge of the game, which I didn't understand. I was like, yeah, he was very influential. So, all right, well, someone less influential than Colton would be Christina. So Christina, you know, she had a rough go, although she did make it to what, final five, I think, five, four, final four. Okay. So, I mean, she made it far, but I guess I just want to see what you all think about her gameplay and just her place in the, tr- in the game, I guess I would say. I mean, Stacy, what gameplay? <laughs> well, you know, some people say that's their gameplay. That's their strategy. I think that was Sabrina's strategy. I think Christina was just there. I, I think my best example of that is final four. She loses the immunity she knew she had to win to make it to the final three. And she comes to Kim and goes, I'd rather it just be out in the open. And Kim's like, okay, it's you. And she's like, okay. Like, <laughs> that's I mean, it. And I get, Nick made this point to me earlier. He's like, there is not much she could have done. Agreed. But she might've been able to convince one of them 
to force a tie. She still would have lost because she so. didn't know how to make fire. But like, I just personally, I wouldn't give up. I would at least be trying mm-hmm. to work an angle where someone lets me build, like do fire. I don't, I don't think she was playing Survivor. <laughs> the one thing that we saw her try to like change up the game was after the argument with Colton and Alicia, when they walk away and Christina's like, well, I'll give it all I've got, I guess. And she like has the most quiet conversation and Alicia's behind her and she's like, I heard everything you said. Why did you do that? And Christina's like, well, it's fine. And then she only doesn't go home because Colton gets knocked out. And like, you're like, you were trying really hard to do something, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't quite going to work. Um, and you got lucky. Mm-hmm. So good for you. It was also like my favorite moment was they were at tribal and I think Alicia said, it was like, well, you, everybody knows you bring Christina with you to the final three because she hasn't done anything and has been playing a strategy. <laughs> and she like puts her little hand up. She's like, I have been playing a strategy. It's just very different. And Alicia was like, no, you haven't. You haven't. You just haven't. <laughs> Shut up. Sit down. You haven't been doing anything. And I don't know, maybe that's the edit we got. Maybe like we didn't see her trying to make moves or see anything going on like whatever but no from what us as viewers have seen she didn't do anything and yeah like at the final four I don't really fault her for not trying anything because there's no way those three women were going to break up and we've seen that before when it comes down to a final four we've seen like somebody who's just been like well they're not going to take me I needed to win immunity I didn't cough Natalie fans versus favorites yeah so it's like I get it why are you going to try and scramble when there's no way you're going to win because not one of those three girls would have been okay with going into a tie. Yeah, it was like, Christina's just an interesting non-player. <laughs> there. You're like, what? I am glad that her, you know, she made it far enough to go to, um, or to have her loved one come. That was cute that her dad got to come. So. She also almost won final immunity, a mood. Yeah. Uh, actually, and I was like, if this bitch wins, what the hell? <laughs> I, yeah, Nick goes, what if she wins final immunity? I'm like, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do if that happens. So those are our thoughts about Christina. Kat, it can be really quick. I just mostly wanted to bring up Kat because she, I just found it so interesting, the whole like theme of, oh, she's so young and like, she's just kind of, she doesn't really understand how to interact or like what she's doing. And then one day Chelsea was like 22, cause I watching it, I was like, oh, she must be 19 or she must be like the youngest. And then uh, Chelsea's like, 22 is not that young. <laughs> like you're out of college, <laughs> you are around out of college. So what did y'all think about Kat? <laughs> she reminded me a lot of some of the other younger players. And I mean, 22 to me, while it's not young, it is like, okay, all you've ever done is go to college. Like you haven't necessarily been out in the real world. Um, and I feel like all of the young 20, 21, 22 and younger that we've seen on this show are always the ones who like just get so in their feels and get so easily manipulated to the point where like, it's just a little bit sad to watch. Cause you're like, you're, you're just not equipped with the tools yet to know how to handle yourself and to, to not let yourself get so emotionally invested and manipulated. Um, but other than that, I really liked Kat. Like I thought she had really cute little moments, um, like when she didn't know what an appendix was. And I was like, oh, baby, it's just an organ. It's fine. Um, like, oh, that sucks. What's an appendix? I'm like, like, how oh. do I make mine not get hurt? And I'm like, dude, same. Like, that's the question. <laughs> like I would be so afraid. Um, so I thought she was great. I thought she was really good fun to watch. But yeah, like I said, like all of the younger players that we see come on the show, I was very like almost protective feeling where I was like, I don't want to see her get her feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. But hey man, it's Survivor. 
Anna loves the the baby players. <laughs> I love the babies. So. I don't know. I felt different towards her. She was annoying to me. I mean, I think she was funny to watch, but then it started to get closer to the end, and I'm like, you're just obnoxious. And who was it at Tribal that, or maybe it was Chelsea, but she was like, we keep on saying every time she makes a mistake, well, I'm 22, I'm young, like, I don't know any better. Well, when does it become you're just a bad, selfish player? <laughs> and it's like yeah like I don't because I mean like I get it you just graduated college at 22 but like you're an adult you need to take responsibility being young is not an excuse to be dumb I don't know also it was oh what was I gonna say I had something else in my brain shit <laughs> I was gonna say the fact that they didn't vote her out after she completely blew that balance beam challenge oh, oh, right? that to me was like I- her or Christina honestly both of them did so badly on that challenge and the fact that it wasn't those two names I was like I'm confused like truly Kat was lucky and I liked her final tribal moment where she was like stop being mad because they played the game better than you to be perfectly honest I think she sort Mm -hmm. of set a precedent about what it is to like game recognize game just a little bit um because she was kind of like yeah I'm mad like I'm mad at Kim I'm mad she got rid of me like I'm upset but she played the best game or like, just think about who actually played the best game. Don't vote with your feelings. And I actually fully agree with that. I think that's how you should go about it. And I think she set that precedent a little bit. And I also love that her and Kim are very good friends to this day. Mm -hmm. I remember what I was going to say. The excuse of being a young player on Survivor, I don't think is warranted because we've seen younger survivors play and play better. And we've also seen younger survivors win. Fabio. Fabio, uh, well, Fabio wasn't a good player, but you know, <laughs> Fabio won. He won, so you have to give him something. No, I give him nothing. He won because <laughs> it was a popularity contest. We all know this to be true. Jeff Probst even said it, that he is the worst player or the worst winner that the show has ever seen. Weird he, for Jeff. He loves white men. I know, right? <laughs> but, well, it's because he wanted the other white man to win in shape. Uh, so. <laughs> that's my thing with with cat she just kept on being like i'm young and it's like younger players have played and done really well and so shut up they've (laughs) also played and done dumb things and i think that was what was haunting her because she does multiple confessionals where she's like i don't want to be thought of as weak i don't want to be thought of as stupid poor dabu doodles made that happen for her poor (laughs) dabu doodles like she was like i don't want to be known as like the dumb young kid and it's like girlfriend but you are she also said rantix that's not a word <laughs> like she said so and so's rantix and we were like huh but also it was it was a very applicable term <laughs> I, nick and i were like i think she means like rants and antics put mm-hmm. together yeah. like maybe she's just a wordsmith maybe she's just creating new words maybe she's so dumb that it was then smart <laughs> yeah well all right so we have mixed feelings on cat but I will say favorite cat quote was, I'm going to get so drunk <laughs> when she had that reward. She was like ready. Oh, wait, Stacey, can I quickly just like riff on the rewards thing? I'm sorry, I'm living with this. This is the funniest thing you've ever heard. What rewards thing? How she got so upset when Kim didn't pick uh, her and then immediately picked Kim. Oh, and her reasoning was, I just want to hang out with these girls. Like, and then she time. goes home. She's like sitting at tribal. She's like, I love a good blindside. A blindside is the best because it leaves their mouths gaping open. <laughs> and then she gets blindsided and her mouth is gaping open. And I'm like, LOL. Oh, gosh. I, again, I think Alicia could be very quick. Basically, it was just funny to me that she thought she was running the game when Kim like was clearly like 
manipulating her the whole way. So any quick thoughts on Alicia? I have so many thoughts. Oh, okay. So many thoughts. I have one quick one. Like one. To me, her false sense of confidence is encapsulated in she gives a confessional after Colton gets taken away and she's like, oh crap. I didn't think about like what would happen to my game if Colton got knocked out. And it's like, what do you mean you didn't think about that? You had one strategy, no backup plan. Like, how dare you? And so that to me is like the epitome of her game. When she gets up at final tribal and says, Kim, you'd be shitting bricks if I was sitting up there next to you because we were both kingpins and you had your pawns and I had mine. And I'm like, no, like she thinks she's running that situation. And I'm like, huh? You literally got taken for a ride by Kim. Like Kim made you think you were in charge. Mm -hmm. I I literally cannot. And she speaks with such confidence. It's infuriating. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she truly thought the reason she got voted out is because she was too strong. I think you were voted out because it was, you were next. You were not one of the top three women. Like that, that's it. That's why. Oh yeah. I mean, her fine in final tribal, (laughs) which I love when you're supposed to be talking about the three players, but you like use it to talk about yourself. And she was like, Kim, I applaud you because of me. You know that if I was there, I would have won and I was your main competition. And Kim's just like, good job but I love Kim being like you're totally right because she's like that's a vote I can easily get by saying that to her but it's like that's not true Kim you were way better than her don't even front don't even front like you weren't oh my god so Alicia was it was not fully aware of what was happening um I think we've talked about the women I feel like we can go to final three so and final tribal so the final three um was Kim Chelsea and Sabrina, all women, final three. And (laughs) yeah, which we love to see. Sabrina was trying to kind of play like the the side of, you know, I was a part of all these discussions, all these conversations, but I didn't want to be the one to like tell people the plan or, you know, be like the face to the plan, basically. Um, Chelsea stood up to speak, which I think might be a first and pretty much said that, you know, I partnered with the right person from day one, which was Kim, and we've been in this together. Um, and then Kim, I mean, basically said, you all know I, I did all of this. <laughs> like, it's not really a secret. I did all of this, but I also formed relationships with you all. And I like, it was hard to vote people out, but it was for the game. Um, so what were people's thoughts on Final Tribal? I wanted Sabrina to win my tea. I liked Sabrina a lot. I think she was calling the shots. Between Sabrina and Kim, I think it was a very much Robin Amber situation that they both were calling the shots, but Kim was the one to be vocal about it. And instead of in All Stars where the tribe was upset with the person who was being vocal, the people respected the person who was being vocal. And so that's why Kim won over Sabrina. Chelsea, I found annoying. I don't know. I just, I don't know why I found her annoying, but I just found her annoying. I have a question actually about Chelsea and maybe you guys can kind of help me unpack what happened at final tribal because I think honestly the three of them were equally involved in most of the conversations Kim talked to Sabrina every day she talked to Chelsea every day I do think she maybe confided more in Chelsea because Chelsea knew she had an idol and Sabrina didn't but Chelsea was like you know I switched to this like hard ass Chelsea and I was like I didn't, maybe it was the edit. I didn't think she was like a total bitch. Like I didn't think she was super bitchy or super mean. And there was like this pervasive energy from the jury that like she wasn't super well liked. And I was like, can someone give me examples of how slash why? Like I'm, 
and maybe they didn't show it because it was it her speech kind of reminded me of um katie from palau almost of like sorry if i hurt your feelings it was a game but there had been no evidence that chelsea had been mean so i was like wait what like why are we mad at chelsea or who who was it last season it was sophie sophie was like i'm really sorry i didn't realize i was coming out as a bitch and like Chelsea never gave me that energy. And then there was no edit to make you think that. So either they edited it all out so everyone would love Chelsea or like it was made up. I have so many questions. I was like, what are you talking about? Does anyone know? No, I because mean, I, I didn't get that vibe either. The only time that I thought like, ooh, she's like kind of being a little bit spunky was like spunky. when Tarzan was like, it's not poop, it's dirt. And she was like, get your fucking clothes out of my clothes, which was- <laughs> like a hundred percent reasonable and I would have done the same thing I think most people would have but that was the only time that I ever was like oh she has like a tiny bit of attitude mm-hmm. but it's totally warranted they, I think they might have cut some things out because during the the I keep saying hometown visit which is from the bachelorette but during the loved one's visit um when she like cried because she saw her dad Jeff was like we're not used to seeing the side of her so I feel like maybe we didn't get all the details but she was like pretty non-emotional or something here's the thing I think the reason Kim on top of her giving us literally a clinic slash master class on how to play survivor she didn't clap when Troy's on and Tarzan would lose um she didn't like call them out on things like in the middle of conversations like and Chelsea and Sabrina did more of that maybe that's what they're thinking of like but it was literally all the women honestly I actually think it was spearheaded by Alicia to be perfectly honest and like I kind of think Kim just kind of stayed in the background and just kind of like let it sort of ride um but it was just interesting maybe that's where it's coming from of this like you were actively rooting again I don't know I don't get it but okay it's weird edited out all her mean stuff so she could be on Southern Charm which I love her on Southern Charm. It to me, I don't know if it's just that she was Southern and she made it to the final three and she's like fa- semi-famous, but she reminded me of Chase Rice in her gameplay and like in their roles. To me, they're yeah, like less paranoid, even just like yeah, less paranoid, but they were similar. Um, but okay, and then we just talked about Sabrina. We probably expect her to, to her to get a few votes, but it was just so obvious that Kim had done everything so well and was just so like charming and persuasive and just you, know, you like it's almost like how can you not vote for her <laughs> at this point? Yeah, really. I kind of didn't expect anyone to get votes, and I was actively annoyed with Troy's on. Nope, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it till we talk about him. Also, I mean, because I feel like we're, I feel like we're about to make a similar point, but I think it was him who in Final Tribal, his whole point that he tried to make to the jury was like, ooh, Kim, like you did all this stuff, but your biggest mistake was like taking the blame. And I was like, like, isn't the whole thing to get to the finals and to own the moves that you made and to be honest and say like, no, this was my strategy. Like I did it. And he kept trying to be like, you took the blame, big mistake. And I was like, no, big, nothing. You, you did it. Those were your moves. Like let homegirl own her stuff. I think it was Mike. And I said, to Mike, Nick, oh, dang. I said, I said to Nick, when he said that, I was like, what point do you think he's trying to make? Like, is he just like saying a warning? Like, Hey, if votes don't swing your way, like just know you took the blame. But I, I kind of, for me, I was like, I see that more as like, honestly, you didn't pass it off on anyone else. 
you owned that you did these things. So because he ends up voting for her. So I was like, maybe he just means it is literally like you made a choice and you took the blame. Like you never blamed Sabrina or Chelsea or anybody else for anything else you said or did. It all came down. It all came back to you, which I think was kind of maybe his point. He he doesn't deliver the point super well. So you're like a little bit confused. I, 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 I think you could have not had final tribal and the vote would have been the same. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes there's a big moment that, that happens where you're like, oh, this just swayed a ton of people. But this one is just kind of like, they said whatever, but it's like, we all knew who played the Maybe Pat's speech a little bit being like, don't vote because you're mad. Because yeah. the edit makes you think some of them are thinking about that. I don't know if that's moments from other times in tribal that mm. then really, you know, like don't really match up. But it is interesting. She kind of says like, don't vote because you're angry vote because like you're thinking about the game and I think mm-hmm. that potentially could have swayed a few more votes Kim's way but I feel like Tarzan's speech would have made me write in his name <laughs> no Tarzan's speech annoyed me <laughs> I thought it was nice it was the only thing that I liked about him this season <laughs> I didn't get it he's like I just and then those few moments with my wife will get me through until I see her again I'm like You'll see her tomorrow. No, he, he wasn't saying until he sees her again. He was saying he's going to remember that for the rest of their lives together. So they become dust in the sand. What do you mean that you're going to cherish the 20 minutes she spent on the Survivor Beach with you? Like, I get it. It's special. But, like, you don't need to waste your time at Final Tribal for it. I'm going to fight. We cannot get mad at Alicia for taking time to talk about herself. But then commend Tarzan for doing the same thing. Uh uh-uh no ma'am if we're going to damn one person we have to damn the other okay my thing was more nick's just not a romantic and it was nice if you're a romantic 50 percent of marriages end in divorce but it was a nice reminder for me of like like when i watch survivor that's such a big thing that i try to remember with each season of like this is such a huge life-changing experience for these people aside from the game and so for me it was just a nice moment to be like don't forget like we just had the experience of a lifetime that we'll never have again so like cherish your memories and I think for him he was like thank you for allowing me as a non-threatening player to get so far in the game and to have those memories end scene let's go to honorable mention Troyzan is our honorable mention Aggie, you said you had thoughts about Troy Zan. I picked him because out of the men, I feel like he was the most like strategic. He was, he, I think could have gone the furthest had this not all been split from the beginning. Um, I think he was, he had good relationships with a lot of the women. I think he was likable, but I think he just wasn't like, he just was kind of bad luck how it started and how things fell. And he was the only one to really say like, should we get rid of Kim? So that's why I picked him, but what are your thoughts? I think your point, Stacey, he's the only person of, Jay kind of thinks it, but he never pinpoints Kim, right? Troy, Troy, Jay talks about like the women maybe teaming up against them. And then after one conversation with Kim and her beautiful blue eyes, he's like, no, I think we're solid. Um, So he kind of gives up on that. But Troy's like, no, Kim's coming for us. Like we got to be careful. And for that reason, I get very annoyed with Troy's on during final tribal. He doesn't vote for her. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would respect him more if he had gone up to the urn and said, you know what? I voted for you multiple times during the game because you were the biggest threat. No one else got rid of you. You have my vote now. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that he votes for Sabrina because at the end of the day, I would 
in my opinion, I'd be like, I'd probably be voting for the person who I thought was the biggest threat and no one listened to me. I was right. Like there she is. And she just made a bomb ass argument about why she, it should be her. So it really bothered me that he voted for Sabrina, even though I love Sabrina. I loved her. She was my episode one pick. And I was just like, Troyzon, it doesn't make sense that you voted for her. It was more a vote against Kim than it was anything else. So that was my only thing about him. Also, we've brought it up in our conversations with each other, but he's diet coach. Um, and he has so many coach-like moments near the end. I think my favorite is when he stares off into space when he loses the immunity challenge, the like on the slip and slide one. And then he loses and he just turns his back on the challenge as if Survivor itself has abandoned him. And it is so funny. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite Survivor moments to date. I cried laughing when I watched it. But how unfortunate is it that like, his name is Troyzan. He's probably thinking that's so unique. And then there's a Tarzan. Like, what are the chances of well, both? Okay, guys, his name isn't Troyzan, though. His name is Troy. But his does he like name is Troyzan. But like Tarzan's name is Greg. Yeah, like, it's just weird that like two people on the same season, the nicknames they've given themselves are related to Tarzan, King of the Jungle. Like, I mean, but it kind of goes back to Missy's point of like, if you like oranges, they find the one person who hates oranges and puts them on the same tribe as you. It's like, Troyzan's going to be annoyed that there's this other guy named Tarzan here. Like, that's going to annoy him. We're going to do it. Do you one know of I mean? us is going to have to change. <laughs> <laughs> who wore it best? Well, let's wrap up. We have a few more rapid fire um, that we didn't get to. Um, I think okay. It's these Tuesdays. What? I think it's these ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first one is, who would you want to see play again from this season? Um, and I will say mine is Monica. I think she left so early, but she was good. I think she could have gone really far. So that's mine. Um, Anna, what's your pick? Um, I think I would have said Monica as well, but just to spice it up and say something different. Um, I would say Bill. I know we talked about before he was a little bit problematic in the way that he was coming after Colton. But like, I do think he got prematurely knocked out of the game. I liked Bill too, Anna. I think for me, I honestly liked Sabrina and Chelsea in their own rights. I, I think they both made interesting TV, TBH. Sabrina had really funny cutaways. I don't know. She just has this beautiful energy. So I liked Sabrina a lot. I thought Chelsea was funny. And now remembering that she's on Southern Charm, I'm like, yeah, she just makes good TV. She mm -hmm. really does. And so I think either one of them would have been someone I would have wanted to see play again. Nicholas. And Nick? Um, strictly so I could just stare at him more. Jay. Daddy. You didn't find oh. his voice annoying? <laughs> oh, no. His voice is fine. Oh, I found it annoying. Oh, I didn't even care. <laughs> Jay or Michael? Because even Michael. Ooh, and he had that scruff. We didn't love him in the jury. No, there he was needed too the scruff. Much face. He needed Michael that. needed the scruff. Jay was perfect 24-7. So would you give up your idol if you were medevaced? Because in case you forgot um, Colton, when he left, he took his, his idol as a souvenir, <laughs> which, you know, there were mixed <sighs> responses to that. So we'll start with you, Missy. Um, what, what would you do if you had an idol when you were medevaced? It's situational. If I was medevaced and I'm playing with people I loved, I would give my idol to Aaron. But if I hate you, you can all just lose. <laughs> I'm probably going to get to play again, which Colton did. So... <laughs> I love that. it's so hard right because being medevaced is such a shitty way to go like because you finally get to play this game and then you get knocked out by something you can't control I think it I think I agree with you Missy it might be situ situational like if you had someone 
that you had been playing with that you were like, you're awesome. I love you. I want you to continue to be successful, especially if you're part of a pair and like you guys were thinking the two of you would go to the end. And now I'm medevaced. I would probably give it to my other person if I had made a strong like two. I'd be like, you're mm-hmm. gonna need this because like you don't have another person in your corner now. So like, let Definitely. me give it to you. But I think that would be my only reason. If I was still in like a murky <laughs> alliance or something, I'd probably be like, nah, it's mine now. Um, Anna, what would you do? Yeah, I would only give it away if there were someone that I was close enough with in the game who I knew could use it to make a really big move. And that then like, I could be part of that move's legacy. But if I didn't feel like that, like, no, I'm taking it home. Mm-hmm. it's mine <laughs> Nick what about you I feel the same exact way again like if I like you you can have it I mean honestly Nick you're I have a little said, shady though I have said this so many times if I'm ever on Survivor I'm going there to make good ass TV not necessarily to win so a great ass moment of TV is what Colton's like nobody needs this title it's my souvenir so honestly I'd probably be the selfish bitch he's like I'm gonna frame it and I'd show up to the reunion wearing it oh wow man I think I would keep, I don't I wouldn't want to give it in like such an obvious way because if, if people are standing around and see you give it to someone, that also puts a target on someone's back. So I think only if I could like discreetly give it, but if not, I would just keep it and take it home. Right. Like, could you tell Jeff? Be like, Jeff. Yeah, if I could just be like, can the cameraman like slide it to them <laughs> later? Um, let's do maybe just one more of the rapid fire for now. So let's do, tar- let's talk about Tarzan. Tarzan was a very interesting character <laughs> so um, he had a lot of wild moments um, so what was one that st- either stood out to you or was um, one of your favorites or was the weirdest um and I'll just quickly say mine is definitely the laundry situation when he like put his oh, laundry in yeah. <laughs> clean laundry and she was so upset um Missy what was yours oh my gosh I honestly have to say the same just because <laughs> we talked about it on the island while playing because in your first couple of days, it gets to the point where you're so uncomfortable and playing that you're like, if I could just have clean clothes then my mental health will be great. That's not true. Your mental health is going to be shit because the whole situation is shit. But like, it just gets to a point like around day six or seven that you're like, if my clothes, if my underwear are clean, I am clean. Mm -hmm. And we all talked about that scene where he did that. And we ended up washing our clothes in the pot that we ate out of. And it just, it just wasn't a good thing. So I'd have to say that one because I think all Survivor players do that. They may not talk about it, but I think because of him, from every season on, everyone watches washes their clothes in the pot and just don't talk about it afterwards and then cook dinner in it like the very next hour. <laughs> oh, no. Gross. It's wow. gross. <laughs> Nick, what was your Tarzan moment? I mean, honestly, just Tarzan as a person. Would you ever go to him and let him operate on you? I, <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't know. No. Um, but I think one of the weirdest and worst moments was when he just was wearing Kat's dirty underwear on his head. Tarzan, like, what is the point of this? Also, that's just gross and weird. And then Kat cried about it when they talked at trial. <laughs> and she was on the jury and she's like wiping away tears. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Weird. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Aggie, what was yours? Um, my personal favorite, because Tar- Tarzan is a wild character. I don't know where we found him. Casting gold, because wow, what a special friend. But my personal yes. favorite thing is when Chelsea, he perceives Chelsea to like not like him. And he goes up to her and goes, did you have a bad experience with your plastic surgeon? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. oh my God. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, she pans to her like, and 
talking to the camera. She's like, he's trying to make out like I don't like him because I have a boob job. And she's like, oh it's not about God. my boobs. And I'm like, I have to go. <laughs> No, I was casting goals casting goals like you don't find too many that are perfectly casted for the show but him bill the specialist and a couple of other people are meant to be on the show for sure like just wild characters and what was your uh, tarzan moment i think mine was just like his general choice of words like it reminded me of that line from spongebob where like Patrick just says the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma and you're like who speaks like that nobody except Tarzan I love so like, just yeah. his general choice of words and things like the game's afoot you'd be like who's who are you like oh my gosh I say that now. Like, like who are you plus the fact that the he game looks is afoot. like it's just so good and the fact that he looks like um the villain from Jumanji like the hunter. Oh my god, that's exactly <laughs> who he looks like, Anna. Yeah, and I was like, this man, you plucked him out of the movie and you put him on my TV. I knew he looked like someone, Anna. Oh my god, that's exactly who he looks she like. She That's his doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, um, we definitely want to hear more from you, Missy, because we're very excited to have you as our first Survivor uh, contestant. So, uh, I know Anna at least has one question, but I feel like that's a strong one to start with. So I'll start. I'll start softer. So you you did make it to the merge, right? I'm pretty sure you made it past the merge. Mm-hmm. So you were were you at Ponderosa then afterwards? I was, yeah. Okay. So tell us about Ponderosa. How how is that? Um, it's everything you want, truly. Like, and I think it's made that way just because if you ever get the chance to play, it means a lot to you. And you live in that game and you breathe that game. And then after losing hopefully not in a super devastating way, but sometimes in a very devastating way, all you can take is like luxury. So like all you, all you really need, you just have to have one more thing and you're going to break down. You're going to have a full mental breakdown because the game was so much. And so Ponderosa is the exact opposite. There's free food. There are people there to give you massages. There are people there to do your nails, people there to clean up your room. So you don't have to think about it. There's an ocean to swim in. There's a pool to swim in. If you don't like the ocean, coconuts to drink and this time you don't have to chop them open because you're not a barbarian anymore so like it's just everything that you need to kind of like feel better still be living somewhat of an island type of life but now you're on vacation instead of in hell you know so like it's everything that you need just to start the transition back to normal life wow see that's my goal if I ever play I just want to get to Ponderosa that is ideal um, another question, uh, one other one is, well, it's kind of two parts. So one, um, what would you say is like w- the main reason you love Kim so much? Like what about her game do you love the most? And then also for you, what is one regret in your game? Which again, if you can avoid spoilers, but it's okay if you mm-hmm. can. <laughs> I like her for her temperament. I think it takes a special kind of person to not lose your cool on people that you are meant to lose your cool on. So like before the game starts, they do psychological testing. And so if you love oranges, they find the one person on earth that hates oranges and will say the word, I hate oranges every day, (laughs) you know, and they find that person and they pair you with that person in the same tribe to make you have a breakdown. And whatever Kim's psychological testing brought back, whatever her triggers were, whoever on the island was, they they couldn't hit her triggers. And triggers to me, they're so fascinating because you can lose your cool in a normal situation right? In a very normal, casual situation, but we're not eating, we're not sleeping. People are stupid as fuck on purpose (laughs) while you're also not eating and not sleeping. 
And if you look at her temperament, her just her mood, her stance throughout every single episode, every single day, it's the exact same. Poised almost to the point where she practiced to stay that composed, you know? So that was what really drew me to her gameplay. And then just the strategy. We don't have too many female strategists. And so to see one who played the game almost perfectly, a truly a perfect game in every right, that just really appealed to me. And then what was your second question about me? Um, oh, about what I did wrong or um, my biggest regret, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like I have so many. They're all huge in your mind because you lost. I think my biggest regret would be it's so difficult because it's not one thing that ruins your game. You can do one thing and probably be fine. We can all make one mistake. It's the collection of mistakes. It's hard, guys. Wow, you're really trying to trigger me tonight. You're trying to make me go back. <laughs> I think my biggest regret probably is just I felt like I didn't understand how well I was lying. My biggest regret is not understand not understanding perfectly who was believing my lies and who was not believing my lies. So for example, I thought that some days I was so annoyed by Tommy that I wasn't being uh, genuine enough for him to believe the bullshit I was feeding him. Mm-hmm. But then after the game, when he talked to me, he's like, hey, I'm so happy we had those genuine, open, honest conversations at the well. I was like, Tommy, I never said a word of truth to you. <laughs> so for him to have felt so happy and loving from those conversations, and I was just like, not even acknowledging how much, you know, how willing he was to listen to those lies. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big oversight. And then also trusting players that maybe necessarily I didn't want to trust, but because of like the culture of Survivor, you don't want to be seen going against another African-American on screen. It's because the history of what it looks like to be an African-American on screen. Mm-hmm. And so players who maybe I would have killed sooner than later, I felt like I couldn't. And I guess there's only four of us. But so with Jamal, I wanted to work with him, didn't have time or the opportunity to make an actual connection. So killed him. And with Lauren, maybe I should have killed her sooner I felt like I couldn't because of that connection that we had and the conversations we were having about how important it is to be an African-American on screen. And so like having that influence my game, I feel like that's very regrettable because I don't, I would love to play. I would love to play without the hindrance of having to think that way. I mean, we, we, on our podcast, we definitely talk about how there's a lack of diversity. I feel like that's something it was kind of not in your control. Like it's unfortunate that you had to have that in your mind as a black survivor player, you know? So that's where yeah. we, we saw that they're supposed to now have at least 50% um, like players of color in each season. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Super interesting. Yeah. I think that it won't be helpful until the casting room, the writing room mirrors this 50% because if the people writing the stories are still just one type of person, then the stories that are prominent on the show are still going to be about one type of person, you know? So when you go into the game, yeah, it's hard, it's hard for that to be a regret because I can't change my appearance or what I'm born as, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's regrettable because you give so much energy to thinking about how should a woman act in camp? How should a minority act in camp? Mm-hmm. How should um, someone who's athletic and probably appeared as a threat should act in camp? So trying to manage all these different threats and some of them are not even... If you ask me what makes me a threat, I probably wouldn't tell you my gender or my race, right? So it's difficult trying to manage these things that you're just born as and you're born as, and you can't, you don't really think about them as much. And I almost wish I would have given more thought on ways how to prevent those from being a problem. But I think no matter what, they probably would always be a problem, just how the game is made up. So yeah, it's it's just difficult. It's difficult. And it's already a difficult game because you're already starving and people are saying oranges and you fucking hate oranges, you know, on top of that, you have these other layers, you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard game. Um, I have a quick question. Um, yeah. Just, like, 
how much influence does production have in the outcome of the game? Like, is do they have very little to do with what's going on or are they very much like, hey, go talk to that survivor right now or like anything or like go look over there on that beach because maybe there's an idol, winkity wink wink. Like, do yeah. they have any influence? They, I would say that they have too much, but it's hard to take it away from them because you still have to people if people don't run the confessionals, then we're just sitting there talking to a camera with no direction. Mm-hmm. But when you have that happen and you have direction, now it's like, Missy, tell me about what Tony is doing today. And then in my mind, as a player, why are you wondering about what Tony's doing today? Does Tony have an idol? Oh my God, I bet Tony has an idol. I should probably vote him out. So whether they intended it or not, they know that if you give me a name, any name, we're going we're gonna to take that and we're going to ingest it and take it into mind. Because these people are in very powerful positions and we're in very weak, weak-minded positions. So if you take me into confessional, you could say any word and I could go back in. If you said the word bacon, I don't even eat bacon, but I would go back to camp and I would be thinking about bacon and wanting bacon because our minds, we have, we have no fuel. We don't even have sense. We, we have like very minor resources to us, you know? So the, the influence they have over us in the confessionals is major. And as for idols, I mean, it's hard to break like a fan's perception of idols and how like, oh my gosh, she really deserved it. And she found it in just the right moment. No, the fuck she didn't. It's not possible. Like she just didn't, you know, she just didn't. And it's okay. And you can still like that player and you can still love that player. But like that timing, like that rarely fucking happens where like Ben needed three idols and Ben found three idols in three days. I would bet any amount of money he didn't, you know, and it sucks to realize that as a fan. And you, and no one could ever, ever tell me that. So even if you have an alumni, which is crazy, I am, telling you that, you don't believe me. You don't care. Missy's bitter. <laughs> go play. You go play. And you realize and you see and you actually for yourself, like, have these moments where there's a there's an episode on my season where Aaron and I are getting up to go search for idols. And then on that same morning at the exact same time, Janet finds an idol in the same place we had just looked. All of us have camera crews and all the camera crews have fucking cargo pockets. So if I just checked right here, there's nothing here, right? Like there's nothing in there. And then it's still sitting there. If my camera crew walks by and then her camera crew comes up and now there's something magically, <laughs> there's something magically in there that that's not, it's not humanly possible. And so like in that situation, Janet came up to us and uh, after, this is after the game is over, right? Cause you don't want to say it in the game. I found your idol. But after the game, she's like, I can't believe you guys didn't see that in the middle of that uh, palm tree. It was, it was a bright blue color. Well, <laughs> Janet, my eyesight is really good. I'm, I'm young. I know I would have seen it if it was there, you know? So it just wasn't. So it's crazy to see that influence. And then you can see the influence without even hearing crazy stories like that. Statistically, the winner is a straight white male. The winner matches the host of the show because he enjoys those players. He wants to see Joey Amazing win. He wants to see... He would have preferred if Jack was smarter and did better on my season. You know, he would prefer these players to do well because that's their, that's their objective. And that's the way the storylines go. So like in my season, you didn't hear about certain highlights or statistics about players that were minorities. It's because the show isn't really meant for minorities. And so it's definitely biased in a big way. And that goes back to the, the writing room. They have a storyboard about the things they can or would like to follow. Like, oh, Jack is a he's a hunter and he saves young children. Maybe we can work that in one way. Maybe one day he can take like the survivor visit to whichever the islands and play with the kids and then work in his storyline that way. 
And you see that more often than you see like the minority line. So there's definitely a lot of influence, like a lot, a lot of influence that you would never ever think about because the show is so well edited. It's such a good show. You wouldn't even see behind the curtain unless they want you to. And the only way to get behind the curtain is to actually physically go to the island and play. And only one out of like 50 of us will get to go do that, right? <laughs> no. no. That's crazy. It's really interesting just thinking about what you just said, Missy, about just even in your confessionals getting like seeds almost planted just by a question. Because in this, I think it's season 11, Guatemala, when Danny's the winner, like she doesn't have very many confessionals. And she's like pretty chill. She's very similar to Kim in terms of like very calm the whole time. And I'm now wondering like, if she did very few confessionals could have potentially affected her ability to be calm in the game if she's not getting questions or like like being asked things that's then causing her to question her, the way she's playing because she, yeah. she's rarely in a confessional. Yeah, they can plummet you in a confessional or they can tell you that people are coming for you in a confessional. So when you watch my season, the episode where Jack got voted out, it was a very not smart strategy to get him out, but it worked because he's not like, survivor savvy and mm -hmm. so the confessional the I don't know who did it for him but he asked them hey Jack what if it's you tonight mm -hmm. and you guys don't see this because you're not you're just seeing J Jack's responses but Jack is just like I feel very confident it won't be me tonight and then the guy asked him so what if somebody has an idol and it is you tonight because mm -hmm. it it was gonna be Jack that night <laughs> so the guy is helping him he's like hey you need to think you need to go back to camp and talk to people but Jack isn't thinking that way or the flip side of that they could be like, Missy, tell me about, you know, things around camp. Tell me how much fun you're having. And then there's no hints in that I'm getting voted out tonight. Like, damn, it's me tonight. And they're sitting here asking me about the sandwich I had yesterday, which was fucking bomb. <laughs> I won it on a reward. But why didn't I get those hints? Like, Jack got specific hints, you know? So, yeah, everything that they say in the confessionals, it can make or break you. But you have no idea in which direction they're leaning. But they're trying to help you or hurt you. Mm -hmm. Like, you have no clue. You just answer the questions to the best of your ability and then you try to focus on the players but it's hard you're playing against the cast and you're also playing against production that's so interesting that's stuff that we would never really know about so thank you so much we did want to just see like if you have any you know social media that you want to plug or just anything what you know you have way more followers than we do to begin with but if you just <laughs> want to, you know, we have like 50 so but yeah if there's just any projects or anything you want oh, yeah i'm always <laughs> here for it um my Instagram, my Twitter is the Missy Bird. My YouTube channel is probably also the Missy Bird. Everything's just the Missy Bird. But yeah, that's pretty much it. For my videos on YouTube, there's not much of Survivor content on there right now. It's mostly just been our move to Spain, how we got to Spain, things that we're doing in Spain, all Spain things. And hopefully potentially a video of me speaking Spanish if I can ever figure <laughs> it out. You can do it. You we'll can keep do an it. eye out for it. <laughs> yes. I I know you have to go, but I, I have to know what Jeff smells like. Huh. I mean, if you remember, fan, I, oh, wow. I touched him every day. To a fan, oh. He's, I mean, it smells like heaven, like everything about him. He truly is just like, if Survivor is a religion, he will be the God of that religion. You know, yeah. like he smells like the God of Survivor because he is. And that's wild because I, I don't even think I'm the, as big of a fan as I was before I played. But I still, every day out there, I'm just like, oh my God, dude, you're real. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, he smells great. I mean, he is the image. It's wild. It's wild to see him in person, truly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe anyway, one. Guys. You've inspired yeah, us. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, make a tape. Make a tape. Send it to me. I'll help you. 
Yeah, we loved having you on. And yeah, if you did you ever want to come back, we're gonna be doing this, you know, throughout quarantine, probably. So yeah, let me know. Let me know when you do our episode or our season. I'll come on and talk okay. shit about all my castmates. All right. Dope. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye guys. All right. I think that is our episode. Thank you everyone for listening. And thank you so much to Missy for joining us. Hopefully we can get some more uh, Survivor alum on. It makes it really fun to hear the behind the scenes and all of that. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Um, If you liked the episode, go ahead and give us a rating and a review. And if you didn't like it, still give us some feedback. We love to grow. We're all about um, making changes when needed. So give us some uh, some feedback. Be sure to also subscribe so that you get our, our newest post just automatically. It's the easiest way to listen to us. You can also follow us and follow our show's social media on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is Escaping Reality Pod and Twitter is ESC reality pod. We would love to say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We love talking about Survivor and reality TV. So we could do it all day, except that we have jobs as well. So we'll do our best. (laughs) Of course, if you were on Survivor, you could make our dreams come true by coming and joining the podcast one week. So definitely reach out to us. We would love to have you. I might fangirl a little bit, but I'll get over it. Um, All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening and hit us up. And thanks for escaping reality with us. Thank you.